0: Okay, if you will go to Acts chapter 9, we've just got into the Apostle Paul. And I wanted to share, I want to get to a good stopping point here. But what we have is this great man that for years has been a champion for his beliefs, he's been a champion in promoting. Uh, his faith the problem is is that he has been doing much of it in ignorance he has denied the christ of scripture and like many of us having been blinded by the enemy jesus christ has appeared to him on the way to damascus he is actually in the process of going to persecute christians He is going, he's gotten letters from the high priest. He's going from house to house, probably from house church to house church. And he is taking these people. They're being beaten. They're being imprisoned. His goal is to wipe these people, as we saw, of the way, meaning Christ, wiping them off the face of the earth. But Paul, in all of his zealousness, see, Paul truly wants to serve God, but he's mixed up. He does not see. The enemy has made sure that he's blind. And people, what we should see in the Apostle Paul is a reflection of ourselves. You know, we might want to sit there and point our finger at him at this point in our life, but the truth is, is we have all been blind. We have all fought against Jesus Christ. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We have done those things that have quenched the Spirit, that have grieved the Spirit, that may have actually hindered people that were coming to Christ from actually coming to the Lord. There are all kinds of things that have happened in our past, but God, in his mercy and in his grace, loved us, loved them, and has reached down and shown us mercy in Jesus Christ that we too might be saved. And we're going to see that in the Apostle Paul. So what we read last week is he is traveling to Damascus, and there is this bright light that comes from heaven. And what we learn is that nobody sees this light, but they do hear the voice. And Paul has this eye-opening, well, I would say life-opening experience where the very person that he has set his life to persecute or the people that serve Jesus Christ, he has set his life to persecute. Jesus Christ literally appears to him standing there, literally coming from heaven. And he says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And we talked about the, the importance of that. That Jesus Christ, as we being his children, everything that happens to us is something that is precious to his heart. We are his bride. We are his people. And whatever happens to us is happening to him. That's what Jesus said. Inasmuch as you have done it to these the least of my brethren, you have done it unto me. So think about that. The way we treat other Christians, we're treating Jesus that way. And the way we approach people and the way we act towards people Uh, many times we're doing that to Jesus and so we need to be careful about that and so Jesus appears and says you know you're going out here persecuting the church you're going out here and and imprisoning and at times just like Stephen Christians are being killed they're being martyred as a matter of fact I like this And, and you're saying Shane you're getting electronics out yes I know it's the devil hold on but uh jason carter gave me something today and i like this in light of what we've been teaching on and talking about it says the apostle paul entered heaven to the cheers of those he martyred it says that's how the gospel works think about that the very people that he persecuted and killed martyred or had martyred or stood by while they martyred were martyred in, and considered consented to this as he enters into heaven they cheered for him you say why because he, just like all of us, once a sinner, once an enemy of God, now becomes that servant, that bondservant of Christ, that champion of the faith, and seeing that so many more come into the kingdom of God. And we're going to see that here as well. So cheering for the ones that have killed you, that, that's kind of wild, but it's true. Okay, so Jesus appears to him, speaks to him, and he's blind. So let's see, we'll pick up on, let's pick on verse six. Okay. We'll pick up here. Verse six. And it says, so he, Paul, after having this experience, when Jesus said, it's me, you're persecuting, trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Very good question because he probably feels unworthy. Uh, he probably feels like he's a Under judgment, he probably feels like he's falling under the condemnation of God. But as it turns out, God is actually lifting him up. God is going to show him grace and mercy. But first of all, we got to get his head on straight, as God needs to do with me about every day of my life. All right. So what do you want me to do? And so Jesus tells him, he says, arise and go to the city, and you will be told what you must do. So go. So verse 7. It says, and the men who journeyed with him stood speechless because they heard a voice, but they saw no one. So they realized Paul had this experience, and so they're amazed. They're trying to figure out what to do. In verse 8, it says, then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. He's been made blind. You know, there's people with perfect eyesight that are still blind. And as the songs and as the adages and proverbs of time tell, there is none so blind to see who will not see. But yet, whenever his sight is taken away, he has no choice but to look inward, right? He has no choice but to center in on Christ and to think within himself and to pray. So his eyes were opened, but he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, neither ate, and he didn't drink either. Uh, Yes, I would imagine so. Think about it. I wouldn't have much of an appetite either if I thought that I had spent my life and my zealousness persecuting the Lord of glory. Realizing that what I had been zealous for was actually an opposition to my God. The very thing that Gamaliel said. He told him he said you leave these christians alone he said if they're not of god he said if this isn't a god thing they'll come to nothing you know that but he said if they are of god if this is god's will he said there's nothing you can do to stop it and he said you're liable to find yourself fighting against god and that's exactly where paul is right now so he's fasting and he's praying and he's seeking god Verse 10, and and probably very much in repentance and rethinking his theology. Now, there was a certain disciple at Damascus, because God's got people everywhere. He was a Presbyterian. Just kidding. I wanted to mess with you there. great man of God, and that's the truth. That was in Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, this is Jesus speaking, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to to the street called Straight. There was a road literally called Straight because it was a relatively straight street. Okay? Say that 25 times fast. Straight, street, street, straight. Okay. And he says, Go to the street that is called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. You think? Yeah, he's praying. I've been praying a lot. Verse 12, and in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias, that will be the person Jesus is speaking to, coming in and putting his hands on him so that he might receive his sight. Now, let's take a look at the reputation of the apostle, soon to be called by his Greek name Paul, but Saul of Tarsus. And Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard many Heard from many about this man and how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. In other words, Lord, I've heard about this guy. He said, this guy would just as soon see me dead as anything else. Phillips translation here. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. I love you, Lord, and and that's exactly what he's going to do. If I go to this guy's house... He's going to bind me. He's going to, I'm going to be in prison. Is that what you're asking me to do, Lord? Not that he's opposed to doing it, but he's making his case. But the Lord said to him, and catch these words. Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine. Wait a minute. You're telling me that those that stand in opposition to God that have done horrible things in this life, have persecuted and done all these things to cause damage? To, to, to the kingdom of God or rather damage to the church as well? They can be chosen vessels? Absolutely they can. God does not see things just as they are. God sees what he is going to make of them. There are people in your lives today. There are people that we come in contact with that you might look at and may even be in your family, and you say, well, those people, I mean, I just don't see how there's hope for them, spiritually speaking, and yet God in his infinite power and grace and mercy can and many times does reach into their lives and turns them into champions for the faith. Well, let me ask you, CMA, you ever met anybody that... uh, i I don't know i mean i look in the mirror and see one of those people every once in a while but i'm gonna tell you this you ever run into anybody that maybe has done something bad in their past and now they're on fire for jesus you ever met anybody that you would say uh that's a champion for the devil and the next thing you know he's a champion for christ so he says of paul or saul here he says to him he said he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before gentiles Now, remember, Peter went more to the Jewish people, and Paul, you're going to see him later as he's ministering. He gets fed up with some of the Jews, and he says, look, from henceforth, I go to the Gentiles. Okay, well, that was God's calling for his life, but he did minister and often minister in synagogues. So take a look at what he says here about what he's going to send Paul to do. He will bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. So he's going to be bearing his name to all peoples. And now here is the key to me. For I will show him, Jesus speaking, he says, I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. In other words, this isn't God being punitive with Paul. He's taking this man, Paul, in his zealousness and his love for God. And he's saying, Paul, Paul, I need to be careful how I share this. Paul, you too will be persecuted. Paul, you as well will be rejected. There will will be people who will hate you. They will hunt you down. They will try to kill you. You, as Jesus said before, you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. It's going to be hard to find friends in a lot of places where you go. People are not just going to listen readily to everything that you have to say. And Paul would go and plant churches over and over again. He would go into these places. He proclaimed Christ. The church is born there, and they begin ministering. And then you read this Bible. You read the letters that are written into it. People, we see, you know, we we talk about this, and it's true. I love, you know, that New Testament heart of of the body of Christ in which they had all things in common, and they cared for each other. That's awesome. I love that. But know this, there is no perfect church. There was not a perfect church back then. Paul often had to bring correction. He often had to speak to them and say, stop it, stop it, stop it. Do what you know to do. And Paul, as a father looking at a son who was going wayward, would see many, many times a church that was attacked and often turned on him until he would come back in and get them focused again. But the things that he was going to do for Christ's name say he was going to go into the world empowered by the Holy Spirit, carrying this name, the holy name of Jesus Christ. And he would see literally thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people come to know Jesus Christ. So. I guess I got to stop. Got to look at my Watch don't get angry. I've got got people telling me don't look at my watch. Okay, so let's do this last thing here. Verse 17, it says, and Ananias then went his way, and he entered into a house, and I had to read this part because this is one of my favorite parts in all of this portion of scripture. He walks into the house, and laying his hands on Paul said, what does it say? Brother, did you catch that? First encounter with this guy. And he didn't look at him and say, now listen here, you dirty, rotten, filthy, stinking hypocrite. And he didn't walk over and smack him around a couple of times. No, Jesus had told him, this is a chosen vessel of mine, and you go and minister. He has seen this in a vision. So he walks in, and he lays hands on him and loves him, and he says, Brother Saul. I love it. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So he's got his hands on him. Immediately they fell, there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. There was no waiting. God's been dealing with Saul. So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples in Damascus. Immediately he preached Now catch this, immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. That's powerful, folks. That's powerful. Tonight, any special prayer requests? Anybody got special prayer requests or need to be anointed or prayed for? We don't want to exclude anybody. Anybody need special prayer? Are we good tonight? All right, if you'd all stand with me. What a mighty God we serve. What a wonderful, loving Savior that we have. There is none like our God. You are always there. Your word is truth. And God, may we worship you every single day. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be together, to love one another, to share. We thank you for this time to do business. May we do it in love and may we do it in wisdom. Father, please keep us. Teach us and use us. We love you, God. Father, once again, I just want to lift up this one that was involved in the um, motorcycle accident. Father, please heal him. For those that are sick, for those in the hospital, for those, Father, that have even had loved ones go to be with the Lord, please give them grace and help, and may your love and light go to them. These things we ask and pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. And I wanted to ask, we have the vote total and everything?